Hello, and you're listening to The Seventh Reel. This week, Brief Encounter, a 1945 film directed by David Lean, and Falling in Love, a 1984 film directed by Ulu Grosbard. Grosbard? Grosbard. Michelle, this was your pick. Elaborate. I just heard about this, the Falling in Love being an 80s version of Brief Encounter. So I thought it would be a good two films to do. Mm-hmm. And they were. I, I agree. Mm-hmm. It is a remake. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Down to like very specific plot points. Yeah. Um, but I, I like how it's like an American remake. Yeah, totally. And an 80s one yes. too, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, and an 80, very 80s like, one. Uh, incredibly. But I, I, I think they both work in different ways, actually. Like... Um, I think both films mm-hmm. have like their merits and uh i just kept wondering the entire time well obviously we'll get to the which one you liked later but mm-hmm. michelle what did you like okay so you picked this one you know david lee and you've probably been like okay that's a good filmmaker and then you you're watching the remake what did you like did you think it was just a remake or did you see it as its own thing or what i'm curious about that well, th- I've seen Brief Encounter before. Okay. And, I mean, it did... It felt like a remake, but it wasn't so, like, completely reliant on it. Because of different endings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is... I mean, the biggest yes. thing, I think, uh, that we could talk about is probably the ending. It rewards yeah. them at the end. <laughs> well, it's like the the biggest kind of failing of the, the falling in love. Well, second... Well, honest, the name is terrible. What a terrible name for a film. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, just because, like, cultural values have shifted so much that, that them, like, staying, staying in their marriage for the kids and stuff like that doesn't make sense in the 80s. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't work the same way because then we'd all just know that they'd be miserable the whole time. But at least in Brief Encounter, this this kind of a dignity about it yes mm. so it that's kind of how it kind of fails because of that but it's still good i still enjoyed it yeah i i enjoyed the performances obviously because you had like you know yes. two brilliant actors and i think there's just something about meryl streep that makes everything just better <laughs> like i i enjoy it like even mediocre movies with her in it like that uh movie you guys hated the, the steven soderbergh cruise ship one <laughs> or like it's complicated like she i don't know she just has a presence like an interesting look and mm. but yeah uh so th- so that was definitely fun for me and uh also just i love late 80s to early 90s kind of stuff like remember when we watched malice i love that like I don't know, everyone's dressed yes. in, like, this weird way. It, it's just, I don't know, I like seeing the ads on the train. The best like depiction, that. the best time to be in New Yeah, York. it looks like fun. <laughs> it just looks like it got cleaned It looks up. so much fun, like, this, the Christmas. Yeah. Even, like, they made the New York subway look feel, like, cozy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and, and that bookstore, and, like, it was just all cozy. Oh, yeah. Like, really nice to... But... It's the New York that you see in, like, Home Alone. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's such a good way to put it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so it just felt warm. And, and then it ends in the this way where I was like, oh, are they going to, like, 
commit to it or or be mm-hmm. you know adult about this and, <laughs> and make make <laughs> a make a real movie or they were like no no we'll give you what you want and, which i kind of appreciated also because as yeah. soon as they both it was you know what i kept thinking sorry this is so scattered but i i kept thinking when no, as no, no. soon as they announced that she was she didn't have a child like that she lost her baby i was like yes. okay i know what's gonna happen they're gonna get together because if she had had children i feel like it would have been a totally different like uh character choice to to mm-hmm. have her yeah. you know leave them and stuff yes. like so so that was that was a very which one did you watch oh first? of course brief encounter yeah Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, let's watch this. Which I mean, I'm glad I did for several reasons. A because I I didn't want it. Well, actually, no, it wouldn't have been spoiled. But but uh, visually, it's so much better. Like there are so many cool oh things. God, like yeah. the transition of her sitting in that chair from the train station, like the shadows, yes. stuff like that, and even the the part where she's like. running when she's like about to kill kill herself and jump in front of a train all that stuff. and then feel it just tilts yeah. oh, which i guess is so mirrored good. in the her trying to get to him before he leaves for the airport and then the train comes yes. but it doesn't work as well it's not like as thrilling it doesn't that's when i realized like oh it is a remake yeah. that's when I, oh because they're doing that exact same thing but not not as well yeah yeah exactly Because I had, I think it was over. They over. It was overall. They didn't need that conversation when when uh, where De Niro calls and the husband answers, and they have that whole thing. Like, well, that's just when it kind of sinks into something a bit more. It's traditional. Yeah. It feels like a, a like a, an eighty sappy movie. Like, it's like okay, totally. Like, Stay away from my wife. You hear her? I love her. Yeah. I'm like, okay. You know, you know what else is? I felt like, uh, like I was like, why are they so in love in uh, falling in love? It doesn't make sense. They just get yeah. together and complain for a sense. while and stay silent and then look at each other. While in brief encounter, they're actually having fun. Like it looks like they're having a good time. They have so much fun, and you realize like that's why they. Oh. I love that sequence when they kind of just ruminate a little bit about Donald Duck. They call him Daffy mm. Duck while they're sitting in the cinemas. It's so it, it such a beautiful little character moment, and when they're making fun of the cellist. <laughs> yeah, I love uh, one of the best uses of narration that feels like it fits within the film. It's not just there to deliver exposition, because it's like her confession, mm. right? In brief yeah. encounters, the entire film is her giving this like invisible, conf- like unsaid confession in her mind to her husband. What did you guys think about the way both films handle the husband or like their wives? In I, in Falling in Love, you see both sides, right? You see his wife and you see her husband. Mm-hmm. But in Brief Encounters, you only see, it's mostly it's entirely from her perspective. Yeah. Do you think the films lose anything by not showing the other side by like? I think with the Falling in Love, they they didn't because I don't know they needed sort of something to to make it seem like their marriage was a bit off, but there wasn't that much. Like at the start, they were, you know, seemingly happy, and then there was just like when he gave her the wrong book, she was a bit like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, and then like that was the only bit that fell off, like about the whole thing, mm-hmm. and like at least with brief encounter, he was just kind of oblivious to her, mm-hmm. and so it kind of, I mean, even though he was staying with her, they didn't make him out to be awful, but they didn't. make him out to be like so caring that you're gonna feel bad for him they like yeah. balanced it really well that's so mm-hmm. true he seems very distant but then he's more perspective perceptive 
than you would assume he would be, right? By the at the very very end, when he kind of sees, understands, implicitly understands what she's gone through, and then he tells her, "Thank you for coming back to me." Like he has like the force. Wait, like, what? He understood. Yeah, Wait, in the ending. In brief encounter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, when when. The last, oh, literally, the last ten seconds of the movie. I do not remember that. Like at all. he, he goes up to her and he tells her, like he, he looks like he understands. He's like, you're he a long, like, you were a long back. way away. And oh yeah. Like, but thank you for coming back to me. Thank you. Thank and you then, for then, beautiful. Line. I didn't read that as more than anything. Like, it's very. I thought it was very haunting. Like to her, I think it's like the nail on the coffin, right? It's like, okay, this is it. This is all. It's that. That's all. This is going to be. Or you could see it as like, kind of re- heartwarming in that she chooses like he under like he is loving enough to understand that that she chose him in the mm-hmm. end, and that he 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 thanks her for it. I thought that was. Uh, I think she chose. There's two ways of looking at unit, it. Unit like her family. That's what I think. Yeah. Because yeah. if it, I, I yeah, because she was almost about to like kill herself. She was. <laughs> I was, we had to mention, we didn't say this before the podcast started, started the, the mom in, uh, Robert De Niro's wife is uh, the mom in Malcolm in the Middle. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. I had a great time recognizing her. There's this, there's the part in the car where she's yelling at the kids, where I was like, oh, it's her. <laughs> That's how you write it. I was like, oh, it's, it's her. Malcolm! I, okay, so here here's great. a question. Do you guys think she was justified? Yes. Do you actually think it was, like, worse that he didn't, you know, sleep with her. Which for which which movie? In falling in love, when she when he tells her there's a woman on the right. train, but nothing happened. We didn't do anything. We just like oh. talked and stuff. And I... But that's a lie. What they just made out like a little. Yeah, it doesn't leave you with the impression that anything happened. Hmm. I mean, I think it just shows that like their marriage wasn't great, and this is kind of just like the pushing point. Mm-hmm. that they mm. needed to to break it off maybe but it does like when you just say oh well i, I just had some nice conversations and i kind of like this person from a train then you get divorced because of that that's a bit ridiculous but yeah like she would uh she would have probably yeah. put it together that it's fine if if their marriage was on stable ground if he didn't buy her a book for a christmas present <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but both of them are Well, he did get her like, like a, a dress beforehand. That was oh, nice. Oh, he did. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. Wasn't that dress more for him though? Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's true. You know what? You know what? That's and, true. And it was a book about gardening. About His garden gets all like. <laughs> Here's a fun trivia fact. Uh, I read about brief encounters. So that sequence when they when she went up to the apartment, right? She chooses to go up to the apartment and see him. The actor had a lot of like trouble figuring out why they wouldn't immediately start sleeping with each other, and like and uh, David Lean had to go up to him and explain to him like, well, you know, these people are really fu- like they're re- he's like this guy's really reserved and he doesn't and, <laughs> and the actor just doesn't get why they wouldn't immediately start sleeping with each other. Mm-hmm. And he had to t- and he called David Lean, you're a strange little fellow, aren't you? <laughs> like, Was he American by any chance? I don't believe he is. He has a he sounds very British. Did, did you? He's English, yeah. He looks like Matt Smith, though. Like an older Matt he Smith. He does look... He looks like an older Matt Smith. I like how both of these films have... Well, it is about married people. They do star, like, older... Like, it is an older couple, right? Especially in Brief Encounters. You can tell they're both, like, more middle-aged. Yeah, they have wrinkles. And that kind of... 
they all have wrinkles. Um, mm-hmm. That's true. And that kind of makes their youthful energy all the more like this is this is what they long for. This is what they missed. Um, both of them. When missed. I saw her, I was like, "Whoa, hot mama!" <laughs> I mean, she she was fine though, but I guess it was just like <laughs> yes. uh, her, like you know, just being. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I wouldn't have like thrown away my whole life, <laughs> but I guess <laughs> that's just everyone has their own taste. I was just what do you guys think about the both of these films in the end they use trains as their main motif mm-hmm. well that's how they both met they meet on the train because his car is all it's so odd watching falling in love after watching brief encounter because when he's like yeah there's a job in Houston for you Frank I was like oh okay <laughs> I see where this is going exactly <laughs> But yeah, the trains, yeah, they both meet on the trains because his car isn't working because this is like, they had to justify why he would be taking the train mm-hmm. and um, and she lives in the suburbs, but her dad's sick. Yeah. The, the dad being sick is something that's new and unique to that one. So I guess that's yeah. something. I didn't like, you know, when she was at the funeral and mm-hmm. she had to leave. Right. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, attack. I didn't like that either. I felt like he was restraining a dog. Like he was, just, he was like, no, yeah. <laughs> stay, stay. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> it, was just, it was so odd. Odd choices here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought the idea of what the trains are. I, I kept trying to figure out what the trains are supposed to symbolize. I think in brief encounters, it's relevant to the title, right? It's these fleeting. The train comes and it goes. Uh, they go in different directions. Um, it's like an in-between place. That yeah. Usually you don't, like, it's not a significant part of your life being there. Yes. But then a significant part of their life happens there. Yeah. And the fact that she tries to, you know, the train is what she in, almost jumps in front of to kill herself at the end. I really liked the start of falling in love. You know, you just kept, they just kept, like, walking past each other. And yeah. just not meeting at all. Yes. And then when they have that phone, they're both on the phone, and it, it sort of feels yes. like they're having a conversation between each other, but they're not. That's like. Oh a, yeah, that was so. That was cute, actually. There's a there's an artwork by Christian Markley who basically does that. Mm-hmm. He just cut a load of people talking on the phone from films, and then the next cut after it will be like the, an answer from a different film, and it creates this whole narrative of just random things. Ah, I really like that. Um, and, and they kept doing the phone thing until like they gave up towards the third act of the film. Because there are plenty of there are other sequences where you see her calling him or him calling her, and you keep, the camera stays on him, stays on them, and you can kind of infer like you just keep it just keeps it in the entire conversation just based on their well, what they're saying, but also their expressions. Falling in love got less and less engaging as it went along. Did you do you guys yeah. agree? Mm. It started off really strong. I thought it started really, really strong, but then, I guess it's because it shows his hand as like a real obvious remake of *Brief Encounter*, when the same plot points start really, really start like po- popping up. But it's well, like we said, before, like I said before, executed with executed with American schmaltz. So. Yeah, I mean, it does get weaker as it goes along, whereas I think uh, *Brief Encounter* keeps building and building. Perfectly paced, and that's the difference between a movie being like what. 80 minutes, like, 80? Brief Encounter was very, very short. Mm-hmm. 
it was like what 90 minutes oh that's what i loved about it i was like wow that was so short and so much happened 87 minutes and this and this one remake runs 20 minutes uh longer that's what happens i really like the music oh yeah the music let's talk about the music and both of them i really like both them. of them the rachmaninoff soundtrack for brief encounters was awesome because the piano at the end feels it feels like a cascade right the way it keeps building it it's like it follows it's a literal torrent of emotions and uh, alongside with and, and it like flows alongside the main character like a train i love i love the sh the schmaltzy uh the eight the very very schmaltzy soundtrack for falling in love with the full orchestra i love that i really felt the date it i miss it it was like okay this is from the it, 80s and it all stayed yes. there it was. Yeah. That's fine if it stays here, I think. Yeah, I guess so. As as just because like, it's like a time capsule mm -hmm. at that point, right? You, you, it's a different New York you're seeing. For I think it's a it looks like a very different. I New love York. the clothes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a different America. It's the perfect level of modernity before cell phones kicked in and we stopped talking to each other. Yeah, it was like um, I think it's that like kind of approaching the 90s like economic boom and them not having too much like going on <laughs> it just felt like it was yeah. just like a fun time to be in, in New York but compare this to like I was thinking like this is a idyllic New York but compare that to the New York in, you see in Taxi Driver mm. which was just a decade before I there's a huge difference like the optimism New York's a big place yeah, it could be uh, different areas, but yeah. but still, but you get the like the general like kind of view of it being like okay, it's this dirty like crime ridden place, versus oh, it's where all these like up and coming young professionals are just like hanging out and buying books <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, and, like uh, having lunch, yeah, yeah, or brunch, yeah, <laughs> or brunch, yeah. And little, oh, I forgot Harvey Keitel. Oh yeah, Harvey Keitel. Harvey mm. Keitel. His his friend Diane Weist is in it as well. She's mm. uh, the friend. Oh yeah. She's her friend who's like sleeping around. I see. With all the, uh, so it, it was pretty fun to just watch them play the the rom com like archetypes. Yes. But it's Harvey Keitel. It's, it's weird. Oh, yeah. Like he's like he's such a heavyweight like actor. It's like wow. <laughs> You can do this stuff in his sleep. I, f I wanted to bring up one before, um, I guess, before we cut off the first part, how Brief Encounter ends. The, um, I love how their final encounter was cut down, like cut short by an annoying friend, by an annoying acquaintance. Oh, yeah. I love that. And like the film begins with that. And by the time you loop back to it, you realize how devastating that moment it really is for the both of them. Yeah. And the camera understands that as well, because the last shot you see of him, like it's from her perspective, like he's from, from her POV. He walks out the door, and then her friend, like her associate, just sat, sits in frame, like completely blocking, uh, blocking the shot. Um, it's great. It's it's actually yeah, it was framed really well. Like the whole thing felt like one, you know, like a short story almost. Mm. And, like there was no fat Perfect on screenplay. it. Yeah, it was just like. Everything had the point to it, and it was brilliant. Shall we yeah, take a break? Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Uh, 
we're back! Now, step right up, ladies and gentlemen, seven reels. Let's rate them up. Who wants to go first? Mm, I, I mean, I could go. Um, I'm gonna go five and two. Five, brief encounter. Two, falling in love. Not wow. to say that I didn't like falling in love that much, but I, I think brief encounter is like, you know, mm. a, a masterpiece. Or like one of the, like a really good film. Like it's art. Yes. The mm-hmm. other ones is just a movie. <laughs> it's a good movie, but you know. I'm in agreement. That's mine too. Hmm. I'm. Ah, oh, what a cliche. I feel the same way. That's well, fine. <laughs> I wouldn't even go against. Yeah. I think going six to one is too harsh because I feel like falling in love is still a good time. Hmm. Mm. I agree right. with that. Yeah. So we're all in agreement here, which is boring. It's fine. Moving on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, guys. Well, what have we watched this week? So, um, what have you guys watched this week? We watched Jackass Forever. Oh, we also Ooh. watched this. I think, which I guess we also watched the Staircase. I think that's more interesting to talk about. <laughs> okay, the the Let's talk about Staircase. Jackass Forever is good. It's good. It's fun time. But um, okay, yeah, but the Staircase. So, it, does it do it justice? The it's the, fascinating. The, the okay. For one, you, it's the same director as The Devil All the Time. So there's an actual director behind this, and there's an actual like genuine. It's direct. It's it feels more like watching a movie than you are watching just another one of these like true crime shows. Mm. It's really cool piece of almost metafiction because it involves the story weaves in the documentary crew that made the original documentary, The Staircase, that released in like 2004, and mm. then it delves into how. The documentary crew, what they're doing, the film they put out can influence like the ultimate like decision. Like they're because you don't really at this point you still don't really know if he actually did it or not. I don't think anybody knows. Only he does. I don't think yeah, I don't, and I don't think the film it's the filmmaker wants to is interested in knowing if he did it or not. What the film what the show is actually about is about how like different people different groups will try to use what the information available to form their come to their own dif- different variations of what. The truth is and like how like mm. the documentary crew they, they, by making that documentary they are in turn casting judgment just whether they whether they want to want to or not mm. yeah I and mean, i can see why the actual documentary people were like uh when like because they a lot i think they they provided guidance and advice to the director of this set of this adaptation and once they saw the recent episodes they they they, they got really upset <laughs> Yeah, I, I could imagine that. Um, they're like, well, you know, you're implying that like we shaped like the ver- like we were casting like our like. Yeah. I mean, I started the we're... original documentary like a few years Did ago. Did you? And like, because the first five minutes, it just shows you like her line at the bottom of the stairs. I think it's a recreation of it. And like, because it's so there's so much blood, I would just immediately like, well, obviously she's been murdered. Case solved. Turned it off. Mm-hmm. it's an eight hour documentary so i didn't want to like stick around to find that out oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) yeah he did and And now i'm like oh i guess it was kind of (laughs) interesting what this show does do is shows you different like two different variations of what could have happened and both of them are played completely straight and it's, both of them are shot and like constructed believably enough that you can't buy both very both versions as what actually happened. But um, apparently, there are more mm. variables being introduced in the recent episode, so we'll see. 
Um, uh, we'll see. Mm. Mm. Do you mm. think anything new could come out of this? No. Because it's a, for one, it's very much a dramatization. Yeah. It's very much being like a movie. It's like a fix. This is a creative work. This is a fictional. Almost like you can buy it as a fictional account. But at the same time, like maybe, maybe I don't know what's gonna what information is gonna bring up at the end. Stacked cast though. Tony yeah. Collette and Colin Firth. Dane DeHaan shows up. I haven't seen him in anything in a while. Yeah, yeah it's worth watching. Well, I mean, that, that could be interesting. Uh, my, you want to hear my staircase story? Mm-hmm. What's your staircase story? So I watched 10 minutes of it when there was a, like a couple, like a mini series that came out on Netflix a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tobias was sleeping over. He was <laughs> like, we should watch this. So I watched like 10 minutes of it. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm too tired. I got to go to bed. So I went to bed and woke up the next morning and he was on the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> he had been watching it all night. I was like, how, how, you didn't sleep? He was like, I, I can't stop. I gotta find out what's going on. <laughs> but I never bothered to like look into it too much. Uh, but um, anyways, do you know what I watched What did this you week? watch? So I watched something kind of related. I watched the John Wayne... The John Wayne... John Wayne Gacy tapes on, uh, on Netflix... Um, Remind so, me, what did he do uh, again? He killed, like, I don't know, a bunch of pro- male prostitutes. Oh, he's not BTK. Oh, no, 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 no. No. So so it's it's kind of interesting. On the one hand, you know, it's, it's not anything oh. you can't get off of his Wikipedia page. But, you know, they just accompany it with visuals and footage from the police and stuff like that that haven't been released. So that's kind of interesting. But it feels... At this point, I mean, I feel like a bit like Netflix is kind of like taking advantage of these things. Mm. They're always like, oh, oh there's, there's a new, there's new tapes being released. Let's quickly make five episodes about these murdered boys. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's just kind of gross to watch it now. Like, I'm just like, it's kind of fascinating, but, but it just... I don't know. It just felt wrong watching it. Like felt like someone's like salivating behind the monitor, being like, "Okay, I can't wait. We're gonna make so much money, so many streams <laughs> off of this. Look at this footage. Oh, uh, so good." Yeah, at one point, does it just becomes like a circus spectacle to see? Like, oh, look at yeah, true yeah, crime. True yeah. crime does. I think true crime is inherently problematic, but yeah, like where is the line of fascination and and just, yeah. and and kind of being you know uh sort of it's it's morbid but uh, but to what like end like are we are we just like trying to entertain ourselves with this or are we like these are real people well i know like and you could always tell yeah no no no, go ahead Uh, i know some women like well a lot of women watch it as in like so they can like mentally prepare in case this happens to them Mm mm-hmm um, which is what they talk about in yeah. my favorite murder a lot. Uh, I, I mean, that kind of makes sense. I guess you could kind of just watch it and be like, oh, the world is a terrible place, and let's cause sort of, I don't know, understand it better and, and see where what what the, to avoid. But I don't know, it just felt odd. Like, the detectives they brought back, you could tell that this is like their big moment to shine again. 
Mm-hmm. Like these guys have just been hanging out for forty or fifty <laughs> years. So now they're like, good Netflix calls up and they're like, let's interview you for your big case. And they're like, well, we found uh, found all these like, uh, you know, sex toys in uh, Gacy's uh, apartment. And uh, you could tell like he was like really proud of like his involvement in this historic thing. But it was like, dude, the, some kids died and this guy was like mentally messed up. And I don't know. Mm. Why am I talking about this? Like no. I'm defending Sean Wayne Gacy. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, no, you're not. You're defend. Well, you're, you're critiquing the sensationalization of like the stri- the whole medium. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, because uh, yeah. there is a lot of these. Like a Netflix put, like puts out like three of these each month. We watch like there's another one like the Father, Our Father. Yeah, the oh, Our yeah. Father. No, I haven't seen that. It's about like this guy who. Uh, He's in charge of artificial insemination for a woman, but instead of using other donors' semen, he just <laughs> used his. So he like gave, oh that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a yeah, uh, heard of that. and he got away with it. He effectively got away with it. That's how the documentary yeah. ends. I mean, I guess some of it is literally like the staircase where it's trying to it helping a case. Not always, but sometimes. Because mm-hmm. I know, like, have you ever seen the Ga- uh, Gabriel Hernandez one on Netflix? No. That one is horrific. It's so sad. But, like, the point of it is to highlight the fact that social services are failing kids and they are dying because of it. Mm-hmm. And they're just trying to bring attention to that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when it's, like, 30 years ago and everyone in the story is dead, then, you know, you're just bringing up random things for money. Mm-hmm. So. Well, what are we recommending? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, what's our recommendations? So, um... Michelle, what do you recommend? I, you had one locked and loaded. I recommend It Happened One Night. I think it's 1934 mm-hmm. with Clark Gable and Claude, Claude, Claudette, Corbett, something like that. Yeah, I can't remember that much. They, I think they meet on a bus and then, the, yeah. It's very cute and very funny. Mm-hmm. And you, Urban? I recommend Before Sunrise. Yes, the first, that's the one the first one's called. Before Sunrise, the Linklater film with Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy. And it's also a film about these fleeting moments, you know, of possibility. And I, 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 more, so, more so than the other ones, because at the end, at, at the end of this one, they don't know if they're going to meet again or not. And the audience doesn't know if they're ever going to meet again or not. So that kind of makes their time together and our time with them even more, even more special. So, yeah, that's my recommendation. Yeah, it's a good one. I'm I'm gonna recommend top five, oh. Chris Rock and Rosaria Dawson. That's good. The movie, I honestly think it's good, and I think it's overlooked for. Uh, I think it's like a yeah. pretty nice movie. It's a good good film that Chris Rock I I think put some effort in because he was doing a play, and I believe who's that guy? Scott Rudin, the guy who got like cancelled recently for berating assistance wait um, okay uh, his uh, he was he told Chris Rock I, like you're just sleepwalking through your career you should wow. probably do something like worthwhile and I think he wrote this as like a challenge to make something like of value and he directed it and it's I, I think it's a lot of fun and and they go through New York and uh, again, yeah it takes place over like city. one night yeah and the top five is referring to the top five rappers that he asks everyone mm. and stuff like that. So it's pretty fun. It's a great it's a blend movie. of uh, comedy and drama without having like the third act become like yeah. a miserable slog. Like all those, like, like, yeah. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. 
All right. That brings us to our next week's choices. Yusuf, you have the floor this time around. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I want to pick another movie that Arvin disapproves of. Okay. <laughs> We're doing. You'll know. You'll see why. You'll see why. Okay. I'm not gonna say anything. You'll see why. We're doing Vincent. Uh, Vincent Cas Casal Double Bill, and uh, it's about uh, taking justice into your own hands. So we're watching La Haine. I don't know if that's pronounced that way. La Haine. And yeah. Irreversible oh La Haine. And Irreversible. It's going to be very fun, I think. <laughs> You'll see. Don't say I didn't warn you. Everybody who's seen the film knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. You'll see. We'll see. You, you'll feel ashamed right. for your words and deeds. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, Alright, <laughs> that wraps it up for this week. Join us next week, ladies and gentlemen. Stay safe and keep it real. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. The Seventh Reel is hosted by Marvin Huang, Michelle Hassel, and Yusuf El Bashir. Logo by Joe Conti. Our ad break music is composed by Yusuf Sui Lim, and our outro music is composed by Yahya El Bashir. Thanks for listening.